Good morning, everyone. Welcome back uh, to another Wednesday version. I believe it's Wednesday, Wednesday, June 8th, 2022 of Morning Sense, uh, where we run through the news in about 20 minutes, everything you need to know for business and investing. And uh, we also do some Q&A and raffle uh, at the end. Uh, just a reminder, we've done this Monday through Thursdays every day, and then we take Fridays off. Uh, but as a little announcement, um, we are ramping up here at Sense Invest to kind of relaunch what uh, what ROIC members, ROI Club members know to be ROI Club, but kind of that Sense Invest 2.0 here. So a lot of really exciting things coming down the pike uh, regarding um, like real buy side hedge fund quality uh, research for everybody, everyday investors, uh, for all of you and having a full team here as opposed to, you know, one third or one, one half of my time. Um, so that requires quite a bit of, uh, of work for, on our part. So, uh, uh, starting next week, we're going to be taking a break from morning sense, but what we'll do is tomorrow we'll do an extended, much more casual session than we've been doing. And we'll, let's just like tomorrow morning, if you guys want to pop in, uh, just like we'll talk about Q and a, We'll just hang out. Maybe we'll hang out for uh, an hour or so. And uh, most of you are ROIC members anyway. So uh, we'll see you on the normal uh, ROI club streams on Tuesday and Thursdays. And we can sprinkle in some uh, some news there. Also, um, yeah, I guess that was all the announcements. But uh, hope we hope to be back uh, once you know, once I can free up my time and I, we can onboard some of the, the team and uh, as the team expands, you know, the more capacity we have to do free and, and premium content. So let's look at the uh, the markets today. Uh, moving on, the NASDAQ and the S&P started pretty down, but it's making quite a bit of a comeback this morning. Uh, the NASDAQ started down about 0.5%, but is now at negative 0.13%. Um, S&P down half a percent, Dow Jones at down 0.7%. And the uh, crude oil futures are up again, solidifying high oil prices at $120 a barrel. Looks like we're in for extended and structurally higher oil prices. We did a full session on energy and if we think that oil prices will stay high, for ROIC members, that was yesterday's ROIC stream. Uh, so check that out if you're interested in energy and energy stocks. I'm getting more interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, and gold futures are up slightly at 1856 per ounce. The bond market uh, is still higher the uh, in terms of yield, lower in terms of price. Uh, the 10-year note at still above 3%, it's at 3.017%, the two-year note at 2.737%, and the three-month bill at 1.264%. Still a normal yield curve shape. All right, so let's move on to our uh, first, uh, I guess, news story of the day. This one is uh, sports-related. Walmart Air Rob Walton agrees to buy Denver Broncos for $4.65 billion dollars. Uh, the deal shatters the record for the price of a North American sports team and settles one of the NFL's most tumultuous ownership situations. Um, the Waltons are some of the most wealthy people in the world, and uh, it brings an end to years of drama surrounding a, a very iconic franchise. If you remember uh, Elway, and they won the Super Bowl. I remember that. I mean, it's it's a pretty storied program. Um, you know, Walton is one of the heirs of the fortune of Walmart which was founded by his father, Sam Walton, that everybody knows. 
The buyers also include Walmart chairman Greg Penner and his wife, Carrie Walton, uh, who married into this royalty of a family over in Arkansas. So that's pretty cool. Just a reminder, uh, David Tepper, the billionaire hedge fund manager, bought the Carolina Panthers for 2000, in 2018 for $2.3 billion. So there's actually sports teams are a cartel and cash flowing machines with extreme barriers to entry and a cartel ship where that protect um, protect the sport, protect that cash flow. Uh, so billionaires really like it both as a, it's kind of a sign of um, pride. It's a sign of um, status. It's like a status symbol. I think, you know, once you have enough money to buy whatever you want to, you know, a quarter million dollar car or a $10 million boat doesn't really do it for you. It's really owning a sports team especially storage franchise and they never sell because billionaire families like to keep it within the family. So it's kind of hard to, to find them. So there's a line of billionaires that really want to buy sports teams. Um, so you might have all the money in the world, but you can't buy sports team sometimes. So this is, this is pretty cool. Uh, Janet Yellen and the world bank expect elevated inflation to persist. Global growth expected to slow as prices rise, uh, increasing risk of stagflation, bank president says. Uh, Janet Yellen came again, said el- inflation is you know the number one issue that her and Jerome Powell need to need to uh, need to combat. Um, and she said, "I do expect inflation to remain high, although I very much hope it will be coming down now." Um, I'm optimistic or cautiously optimistic that possibly inflation will come down a bit. Inventories are building. There is signs of turning around in the, in the labor market. So wage price spiral concerns might not be, uh, might not play out in the way that people have are fearing. I think that, um, we could see year over year base effects help out here. And so I am hopeful like Janet Yellen, that inflation might come down. Now, the question is, is demand going to come down as well? And are we in a recession? I think we are in a shallow recession right now. And uh, we'll see from the CPI data that comes out, I believe, on Friday, so in two days. And I believe that uh, we'll get GDP data sometime soon as well. So we have yet to see. Uh, CPI will come out monthly and GDP will come out after the quarter. So that will be in about a month. So we have to see on those two numbers. Um, but again, if you guys are wondering if it's impossible to figure out what's going on and how to fix it, well, the people in charge, uh, the former Fed chairman, you know, PhD economists came and figured it out. So uh, macroeconomics is as much a is probably more a social science as much a social science as it is a hard science. There's a reason why economics is a social science in schools it's taught in the liberal arts side of the house and not the business school and not the uh, accounting school and not the science school because it is a social science and still very very theoretical um cool all right americans poised to travel overseas at near pre-covid levels this summer there is pent-up demand for travel and leisure but i think that kind of is a countervailing trend against spending um, weakness in, fl- in the face of inflation. I have noticed and our team here have noticed that flight prices have now increased and are increasing. And I think that 
there's still a lot of pent up demand for people that want to travel that haven't traveled in a while. I think that um, folks even in, in like I know a lot of people in New York City that that have still haven't kind of gone back to traveling in the same way that that some of us here in Florida or or Texans have already kind of started traveling again. I think that there is that pent up demand. Uh, and, uh, oh, another thing that little anecdotal thing, I was golfing with someone who's like more of in the boomer generation. And he was saying to me, especially that he was from the Northeast. He was saying to me that, um, yeah, like I just, you know, every, a lot of these, a lot of people that have made good money, uh, up until now, who are in that older generation and during COVID they saw like a lot of their friends dying and uh, they kind of have this now like YOLO, like I'm just going to go, I'm just going to buy a country club. I'm going to go spend my money. So I do think that there's these countervailing forces here in the, in the market where the overall economy is kind of weak because I mean like the price of a burrito is 50% higher, the price of everything's 50% higher and people are really balking. Um, but at the other end, I think like on the travel leisure front, people still want to spend and travel. They've realized life is, you know, it's very fleeting. There's only one life you live. So, um, you know, I think there's these different trends and millennials are getting, you know, married and, and having kids. And so I think you're going to see pockets of strength in the spending and, and, and uh, leisure market, but pockets of weakness, especially you see like Kohl's doing extremely poorly. Um, you, we talked about this yesterday on the stream. Um, people buy less clothes because it's like, okay, what's another sweater? What's another pair of jeans? But uh, I may never see Italy in my life or I may never see, go to Cabo or whatever, right? So I think uh, it's a very complicated economy right now. It's, it's not like it was 2010 to 2019. All right, moving on. Mortgage demand falls to the lowest level in 22 years amid rising rates and slowing home sales. So I think, again, we have a, a slowdown in home sales as uh, rates are going up and people are getting a bit of sticker shock in terms of monthly payment. Uh, I, I have noticed some price decreases. Um, that being said, I think that this is more of a rate issue than anything, than an actual supply demand issue for, for homes. Uh, with rates going up, people don't want to buy homes because it's a sticker shock. It's like, oh, I, I thought I was going to buy this house and the monthly payment was going to be 2000 a month, but now it's like, 2,500 a month. Like, I don't think I can afford that anymore. I think that's what's happening. And also people don't refi. So mortgage demand is, is sometimes it's like during the pandemic, it was no home, new home sales. All mortgage demand was from refinancings. Well, people don't refinance there. Like my, my home loan is at like two and a half percent. And like, I'm not going to refinance it for a 5.5% rate and pay more for nothing, for no reason. Um, so I think that's what you're seeing here. Um, cool. Yeah, that's just another one. Let's go to crypto land. Let's check in on our friends in crypto land. Okay, Bitcoin is up a little bit, 3%, and is now yet again above 30,000 per Bitcoin. It's at 30,500 per Bitcoin. ETH is at 1,800 per ETH. BNB at 292. Cardano at 65 cents. XRP at 40 cents. Solana at $39. Polkadot at $9.00. And 16 cents and Dogecoin at eight cents in crypto uh, newsland, PayPal enables crypto transfers to external wallets exchanges. 
Uh, the fintech giant first enabled crypto buying and selling in late 2020, uh, but users couldn't transfer their assets to third-party wallets. Um, so that that's like a nice feature, right? P PayPal allowed you to buy crypto, but you didn't really own your keys, own your Bitcoin, or own your crypto. And so now they're allowing you to withdraw it to your personal hardware wallet or whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Solana commits $100 million to support South Korean crypto projects. Uh, South Korea seems to be the capital of, in a lot of ways, the capital of crypto. Uh, I remember last bull run, a lot. there was a lot of South Korean speculation. Uh, the wealth gap there and the upward mobility there, there's a, there's a ton of frustration in South Korea. That's what I read last bull cycle. So a lot of, you know, especially younger South Korean professionals, they don't see a way to kind of get to the next upward mobility level except for um, these pot shots like crypto. I think we, we're feeling we're feeling a lot of those generational shifts um, here in the U.S. Actually, we had a really interesting conversation, me and Grace, about um, about boomers making fun of our generation or, or even younger generation, like Grace's generation, Gen Z-ish uh, generation. She's not technically Gen Z, only borderline. I'm 99. 99. Um, about like, oh, by, by your age, I had already bought a house. Well, um, we looked it up. The average home price back in the early 90s was 160000 And the average, the median household income was 57000 Now you fast forward to today, the average house price in America is half a million. So that's over 3x increase. And the average house, the median household income is not only increased from 57,000 to 67,000. So like wages haven't kept up with asset inflation. Now, this is what happens, in my opinion, from a macroeconomic view, when interest rates come down for three decades. And so interest rates come down, asset prices go up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and meaningful underbuilding after 08. So what I think we need, going back to real estate, is, I mean, oh, uh, sorry, I almost said Obama. Biden's uh, proposal is a bill to help promote, build a hundred, oh, sorry, a million new affordable homes. So I do think we need to build more homes here. And so not only that, so going back to South Korea, just a little, just a little like what I've read about South Korea, Korean culture. I've never been to South Korea, um, but from what I've read, it's, it, there is some of the same kind of frustrations with the kind of the up and coming generations of like, how am I supposed to afford X, Y, Z? How am I supposed to really bridge this wage gap or this wealth gap? And so uh, what happens, I think, is you get a, a popularization in the younger generations of, of high growth stocks and of crypto because they see people having broken through that kind of wealth ceiling quicker through like, oh, I know someone who bought Bitcoin way back when and like now they're living all fancy schmancy or, oh, like if I just bought Tesla like early, I would be rich now or I would be kind of caught up now with where my parents were. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I think that could be good if you're right about certain things. I think investing is really great, but I've always maintained like investing is great, but only if you you've already maximized your like career earnings. So you have to maximize your career earnings. It takes money to, to make money. So that's the number one thing is increase your earnings first. Like that's the number one thing. And then that means that you can maximize your savings and then you're investing and investing. Like that's why we're here. That's why 
Roic 2.0, what we're going to launch this summer, is uh, is going to be here to help you out on on the second part. But um, yeah. Anyway, that's that. If for people like I think like when you see older folks that are like that make fun of uh, people that buy crypto, I think the underlying the underlying demand for crypto by the younger generation is reflective about the extending wealth gap. So I have never been very, uh, I've never been someone who's like made fun of people for taking more and more risks. Some people just feel like they need to. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I know I'm getting a little philosophical, but second to last show, at least for now. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna go to the the comments. Uh, Stefan saying, "Yeah, I'm in New York City and going to Hawaii tomorrow. Prices are outrageous. Still going anyway." Oh, so that was about the travel stuff. Kevin is asking, "Is the U.S. supplying fuel to Europe? Is that why oil prices are rising even more?" Well, it's a global market, so uh, yes, the U.S. is supplying fuel to uh, oil to Europe, but that's not like the global market should adjust accordingly. Mm. Jay Bagnulo saying, "Funny how home prices and home house income is." even being talked about on the Simpsons. Yeah. Simpsons are such a great show. Like Simpsons and to a lesser extent, like South park are very predictive about and reactive to the, the issues of the day. Um, Josh is saying that's exactly what is happening for us. High prices and high rates. Rent has only gone up $50 in the last two years. That's interesting that your rent has only gone up in the last two years. Rents overall have skyrocketed in line with home prices. So that's why I don't think it's a home price bubble. It's because like rent's going up. I mean, we have multiple people on our team that have that are looking for new apartments or just sign a new apartment. And yeah, rents have gone up like crazy over the last year. Um, Desmond is saying about South Korea, my younger brother's in South Korea right now. The wealth gap is immense and a lot of his friends are into crypto because they say we will never have a chance to catch up or buy a home. Exactly. I mean, and so I think you're not only seeing it over there in South Korea, it might be like more exacerbated over there. But here in the U.S., like you're seeing that with everybody who's young. So uh, yeah, it's tough stuff the shining hope is wealth doesn't usually stay centralized unless you break through like i mean it does a lot of times but i'm hoping that as the boomer generation starts going to their next chapter uh they usually in like the younger generations usually inherit that and that might be a silver lining but if you don't, but that's kind of like crappy for someone who doesn't have rich grandparents too. So I don't think, I don't, th some people have said that and I don't really think that's a, that's the fix of a wealth gap. I think the fix of the wealth gap really is like prosperity in the middle class. Um, so I wonder if reshoring manufacturing will do it. That's kind of its own issue. Anyway, you see even like this one little thing about macroeconomics is like incredibly and impossibly complex which is why I'm a corporate analyst and not a macroeconomist. So, all right, we don't have too much in terms of business news, but Credit Suisse warns of another loss as capital recedes. Markets disrupted by war in Ukraine and rising inflation gummed up activity in the Swiss lenders investment bank. Okay, no news there. Um, and they just had weak earnings. So Credit Suisse, CS stock. Um, oh, Credit Suisse is up 2% today. Okay, but down... quite a bit since 2008. It's not been a great investment since the financial crisis. Uh, all right, Spirit Airlines postpones shareholder meeting to continue deal talks with Frontier and JetBlue. So 
as a reminder earlier this week, I believe JetBlue sweetened their offer by $1.50. And this is like the third time around. They're like, hey, man, we really want to buy you. We're going to increase the price. We're going to increase the price, increase the price. But Spirit Airlines is saying like, no, like the deal's not going to happen because the regulators are going to say, are going to block the deal because it's antitrust issues. And the, um, the airline industry already took money, government money, and it's already too consolidated and monopolistic. Um, yeah. So what's that? I don't think anybody's really that interested in, in, in airlines. It's a horrible investment. Airlines, let me just repeat myself. Airlines are horrible investments. Hedge funds and institutions like them because they look cheap a lot and they're very volatile so that you can have generate alpha if you call the cycle right. But they are horrible investments. They go bankrupt all the time. And their bankruptcy their bankruptcies are determined on whether the government steps and then save them. In fact, there's a reason why airlines were a nationalized industry before they got privatized. And then they got privatized and they go through these cycles of boom and bust and bankruptcy and then, and then equity holders get completely wiped out. So you get a big goose egg, a big zero, and then lenders turn into equity holders and then they take control of the company and then you rinse and repeat it. But Spirit Airlines and Ryanair are a little bit disruptive, extremely low. We've been looking at flight prices and Spirit Airlines are half the price of everything else. Now, I don't personally feel like I've taken Spirit once and they canceled the flight and it ruined my whole vacation because the next flight was like two days later. I think they've improved since then because they've expanded since then, but... Grace, you've taken Spirit recently, haven't you? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Why is it bad? <laughs> but I'll still fly it for the price that it is. You get what you pay for. Do you not bring like a carry-on? I bring like a backpack and then I think you have to pay extra. For a carry-on, right? Yeah. For a carry -on. Um, but it, I guess it, it, even if you pay 50 bucks for a carry-on, I'm sure it still comes out cheaper because like a flight to Chicago right now is like 280 on Spirit and like 580 on anything else um are you do you think it's like an, a more unsafe flight yeah the last time i flew spirit i was coming from connecticut back here to miami and the pilot tried to land the plane like three separate times <laughs> it's weird though we looked this up and spirit uh pilots are paid really well like it, yeah. it is a major airline but for some reason they it just has this like reputation of having massive like or more turbulence in the air and like i don't know so i thought all like the memes about it like the plane like bumping in the air and stuff were kind of a joke but my last flight with them it was it was very real grace i'm worried about you yeah. you need to take like united or and then we Delta. were like getting off the plane we were all getting our bags from overhead and all the lights went off and everyone had to like exit the plane in the dark <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel like i'm not going to spend that but like you can't deny that it's a disruptive business model. So I think it, Spirit's really interesting in that sense. Frontier is a kind of a, also a Spirit competitor. Uh, Frontier is like a discount airline. So I think we're having a lot of reactions in the chat here. Sang and Ryan and Chez are said, saying uh, that Spirit sucks. You know, Sang saying he'll never uh, buy Spirit or fly Spirit. Seat holes or duct tape. <laughs> Ryan said there's less sleeves than people on Spirit. 
Um, Chez is saying spirit is terrible. Flown it a few times. Cancellations, delays. Yeah, that sucks. Let's check back in on Finviz. Check in on some stocks. Ooh, the NASDAQ is now green. The NASDAQ is up 0.44%. The S&P is now flat. The Dow is approaching flat. Tesla is the bright green spot amongst the mega caps, the S&P 500s. Tesla up 2.7%, is now trading at $736 a share. Amazon flat, Google flat, Apple flat, Microsoft down half percent, Visa MasterCard up a little bit, oil and gas up, but everything's a little bit mixed to red, but this is 15 minutes delayed, so I think this will turn mostly green. Let's look at PayPal. Everybody asked about PayPal stock. Um, yeah, slightly green. Everything's kind of turning green, slightly green. Uh, let me know if you want me to look up a certain stock for you and we'll go to Q and a, we hit a hundred likes. So we are going to give away $25 today. So as a reminder, if you're new here, welcome. Sorry that we're pausing morning sense streams, uh, you know, a couple of starting next week, but, uh, we hope to be back and we still are giving away raffles if we hit hundred likes. Um, so that's that. So as a reminder, if you're new here though, the raffle, all you got to do is go to our meeting pulse and just like wait there. You have to put in a put in a fake name or a pseudonym or your name or whatever. And then uh, if you win, you get a pop up and you put in your email and we like reach out to you. Okay, so um, oh, in order to get there, sorry, you have to click the link that's always in the description and scan the QR code right here with your phone. Either way, choose your own adventure, just like the stock market. Um, okay. Let's look up Clover. Okay, so people are asking about Clover stock. Clover up 3.5% today, um, but is down quite a bit. It's trading at 263 a share and spacked at 10. Tough, tough market. Clover. I never invested in Clover because I've worked with them before and they had a ton of management turnover and I already knew that. Uh, yeah. And they're amongst a lot of reasons and they're and they're not profitable and they haven't figured out how to be profitable. It's kind of not, it's kind of this weird, like they haven't found how to scale yet. Um, that, that was about a year, about a couple years ago, maybe a year or two ago. Um, okay. So raffle picking the first raffle winner out of 63 of you here in the meeting polls. Okay. So let's go to our first Q and a with 11 upvotes. Which one is a better deal at the time? In your opinion, Disney, Starbucks, or Netflix, all are solid businesses that are beaten down blue chip quality companies with solid growth and moat. So I disagree with that on Netflix. I do not think that they have a ton of emote, a lot of moat. I think they've had to spend their way into content and even their content. I feel like Netflix's content is, I don't know how to put my finger on it, but it's a little cheesier. Like they still haven't found, okay, maybe I take that back. Ozark is top quality. Any other like massive? Isn't, is Stranger Things a Netflix? Yeah, Stranger Things is kind of an, an epic tier. Although, you know, it, it still has got that like, I don't know, it's a little bit like kitty in some regards. It, what other? Is Bridgerton Netflix? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah, maybe. But I don't, I don't think, I think like Bridgerton, that's not like an HBO quality show. I don't think it's like, I don't know. I don't think that like Netflix is on the content hamster wheel. And it's like a constant knife fight. They need to keep pouring cash flow back 
into just staying relevant. Squid Game, I guess, but that's not really, that's like a movie. Um, but you, I think you're seeing it with, with uh, subscribership growth weakness and they're fully penetrated. Um, so I'm not convinced. Some of you in the chat looks like you are convinced that, that Netflix is like the dominant player. But as someone who has every single streaming service, like I have HBO Max, I have Netflix, and I have Disney Plus. I, and I have Paramount Plus, I have Hulu Plus, I have everything, I have everything. Can I get your passwords? Yeah, if you want. <laughs> call, it a, call it a perk of the job. Grace can get my passwords. Um, yeah, I don't, I find I spend equal amounts of time on Disney Plus or HBO Max as I do Netflix. Because I log in in Netflix and I think where Netflix shines are like documentaries and stand-up comedy, which I like. But in terms of the shows, like once I'm through Stranger Things, it's just like not that much. Like, and Ozark's done, right? It's over. The show's over. Um, Dark's really good. Yeah. Anyway, even if they are, the, they still are the top dog. I just don't necessarily believe that they can compound growth in the same way as like another another big company, like another like blue chip quality company. So I carve them out. Um, not only that, I don't think they're like particularly cheap. I think it should be a complete, it should show you a lot when a huge fund like Pershing Square and Bill Ackman buys it, sees that growth isn't continuing and just sells out and is like, our assumptions are wrong. So yeah, someone in the chat is asking, Day is saying about Ro asking about Roku. And for me, Roku is, um, I don't love, I don't love Roku either. So I think it's an undifferentiated streaming stick. Again, just my opinion. So 13 times EVT EBITDA for Netflix. We can argue about the growth rate, but it ain't going to be like anything spectacular. Guess what you can buy for the same price as Netflix? For cheaper than Netflix. You can buy Google. What would you rather own? Netflix or Google? So if yeah, so I guess that's that's no Netflix. Going back to Disney, let's see, let's go to Disney's Disney stock, $250 billion valuation, half of the company, or more than half of the company is like theme parks and leisure and merchandise and stuff. The other part of the company is streaming and growth trading at 15 times forward EV to EBITDA, or I guess this is a different calendar year or fiscal year. So it's like 14 times EV to EBITDA. Like, yeah, I think Disney's starting to get pretty reasonably priced. Um, but just remember that before Disney plus this company traded at like 11 times EVT, but so to me, I don't think it's screaming cheap per se. Um, so plus there is weakness in the theme parks. Florida is now taking away. It's like tax exemption, whatever, which shouldn't matter too much, but there are some concerns about the theme parks in the short term, even though people are traveling. Um, yeah. So Disney's like kind of like fair to start DCAing in if you really like Disney, but I don't particularly think it, 
screams like a like this is so cheap i need to be interested in it and then the last question was about starbucks so interim ceo was the founder and is the founder and they're trying to you know kind of turn the company around and find growth again i think they can find more growth internationally starbucks has been able to find growth quite a bit over the last couple decades and i think of all of them this is actually the most stable brand so and it's trading at the same price as as uh as disney we saw how amazing they performed through the pandemic amazing they performed through the pandemic like they flipped to mobile orders and all this stuff like like that so 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 good um so for that for that price i think i'm if you had, if i had to pick three uh, out of the three Starbucks, Disney, or Netflix. I'm probably picking Starbucks uh, because people are concerned about where they're going to find further growth. But I just think that it's such a well-run, and you talk about, you know, defensible company with defensible, like look how stable their their like revenues have been through a pandemic. Like you, this is amazing through pandemic, and um, like they've compounded capital like like crazy. Yeah, my mom was still getting her Starbucks every day during the pandemic. Yeah, like despite she, like, oh, you could die. Oh no, yeah, well, I need would, my Starbucks. She would go get it curbside. Yeah, and the way they they transitioned was really fast. Remember, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. Um, okay, so that's just my. I mean, it's just like my gut from a from a from some quick looks. Okay, let's see if we have a raffle winner. Roic fanboy. Is this? Okay, Roke Fanboy won. Thanks for winning 25 bucks. Um, when are we going to get a Grace cam? <laughs> we That's can, a question for you, Grace. <laughs> we could turn the Grace cam on. Grace has been maybe on camera. Maybe tomorrow for the last show. Yeah, maybe tomorrow for the last show. Do you want to do that? You're going to commit to these to everyone? Yeah, I wake up so early, though. I'll have to actually, like, brush my hair. <laughs> Just put a hat on, like the the collar daddy girls. They always put like hats yeah, on. Yeah, I'll just wear a big hoodie and like tie it. <laughs> You'll see like gremlin version of you <laughs> in a hoodie. Uh, well, that's up to Grace. When are we gonna get a Grace cam? Uh, cool. Please advise on Tesla in the next two years, please. Thanks. I don't think of Tesla as a two year play. I think it's a in five years. Do you five to ten years? Do you think they sell five million cars a year? In the next two years, hard to say. The valuation is very, very aggressive for what they sell today. Um, I still haven't gotten my Tesla. So there still is pent-up demand. But I do think that people are buying cars less in a recession as well. So if be on the next two years, I'm still a bull on the five to ten year view. Cool. All right. Uh People are talking about about uh, Roku. It's interesting. PDPG Keeper saying that his or her five-year-old got so excited when I told him that I bought some Disney stocks. The excitement was enough. So Disney's done so well, though. Like, like I'm watching Obi-Wan. Oh, so good. I just started last night. Um but like what they did with the Mandalorian, what they did with Boba Fett. I mean, they know how to milk a franchise. Although they absolutely destroyed the sequels 
in Star Wars and it hurts my heart. But just think about what they do with Marvel. They turn that thing into money printing machine. Money printing machine. Um, I will say the new Marvel stuff is not as good as the old stuff. I don't know. But still, it's it's Disney is amazing. So don't take me not buying Disney as like me not liking Disney as a company. I think it's a great company. Um, and I tattooed investors saying NISN screaming buy. NISN stock. Nissan, Nissan International Enterprise Dev Group Corp. Co. Okay. I don't know what they do. Okay, this is like a penny stock. So there's no valuation. I don't know. Maybe. So the, the numbers are wrong because it's so tiny. Installation of valves and pipe fitting. Its products are used for pharmaceutical, biological food and beverage and other clean industries. The company is founded, headquartered in China. Now, yeah, so I'm not investing in China. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a pass for me, but if you're kind of like someone who likes speculating about penny stocks listed in China or sorry, headquartered in China. Go ahead. I think that's interesting. Buy a ton of Google at 1300 says John in the chat. Buy Google at 1750 says John in the chat. Okay. Well, I guess that's all the time we have for today. We've gone 40 minutes tomorrow. We're going to go for like an hour. It's going to be super chill because we're pausing the, the streams. Just need a little bit of time back on a personal front. Uh, but uh, actually, we are planning on bringing back like streams. I know you guys all like streams. So um, I'm not sure if my value add is like getting you the news or if it's actually just like chatting about it with you guys, guys and gals. So, um, but regardless, stay tuned. Most of you are Roic members anyway. So we'll see in the Roic stuff and uh, love you all. Have a great day. Let's check in on the markets one last time and we will see you tomorrow. Okay, so the S&P is kind of taking a little bit of a break down 0.27%. NASDAQ chart. The NASDAQ is a little bit higher at 0.24%. So we have about a flat to mixed day. Let's hope it turns positive. Honestly, flat days and flat weeks are a welcome respite in a market that's just been absolutely brutal to us over the last like six to 12 months. So anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully today's green and tomorrow's green and green, green, green. See you tomorrow. Bye.